in a year that has been so improbable, the impossible has happened. A shot on Elo. Good! The Bulls win! You know what time it is. The most amazing, sensational, dramatic. working on that one. Oh yeah we're gonna see it well, that was a new record i think that was a new record <laughs> that was can we get the statisticians to check that one i actually looked was, at the uh the meter as it was as we opened that show and i saw the recording it went 12 seconds so 12 seconds uh yeah so i would say probably give or take a second there so probably around 11 i'd go on the take side so around 11 wow. seconds Next time I'm going to get a stop clock like I'm watching the Combine in Indy, you know, with all the scouts. I'm going I'm oh, yeah. to get my 40 time right here. There we <laughs> go. Mark, you know, the, at get, least get the accurate reading. At least this is better than when I went through my phase probably about a year and a half ago where I was just screeching into the mic. Yeah, that is true. That, that's a lot that, better. This, so this had like a nice crescendo to it. You, you know, said those exact high. words, too, I'm pretty sure when. I started doing the crescendo. You're like, it's not a screech. It's a crescendo. So I like it. So yeah, much better. Listen, we're about class here on the Sports Hour, as you already know. Yeah. You know, a classy bunch of guys. So uh, welcome on in to the episode, guys. Today, uh, we've got quite a bit on deck. Uh, we will be covering the NBA restart, which begins uh, at the end of this month, July, and we're going to be giving you a preview, I guess. It's been a couple months since we've had any sports in any NBA, and now they will be playing eight games and then jumping right into the playoffs. So uh, we're going to do a little reset, kind of give you an idea of you know, maybe what we're looking at, predictions on specific teams, who we think might make that field of eight, and ultimately uh, who we expect in the NBA Finals. We're going to talk uh, MLB restart as well, as far as, you know, maybe what's going on there. Uh, that league will be starting as well this month. Uh, and then, Mitch, the big thing and and uh, what we're really going to what we're, we'll start with today is this Patrick Mahomes deal. Holy Just smokes. getting absolutely paid. I mean, they they rolled the Brinks truck right up. In fact, they probably had to bring 10 of them because the dude just made a lot of money. I mean, this guy has the potential at the end of his contract to be half a billionaire. That's that's insane. And he's going to be 31 or something like that when it's when it's over. So he has a chance to resign another one of those. So, like, (laughs) it's insane. And we'll, we'll get into the logistics and the details of that. That's it's it's just a an unreal market resetting type deal. Yeah, no doubt. So we're going to kind of dig into that. Uh, and then as well, a top five by Mitch and a couple uh forgotten all-stars 
today on the show and uh, a few other things mixed in there, Mitch, but I think that's pretty much about it. Yeah, that's about that's about what we got. I mean, how are things with you in Utah? We haven't checked in with you in a couple weeks, so how are things over there? Oh, you know, it's uh, it's pretty good. It's pretty good. You know, cases, COVID cases rising here, so uh, things are kind of in a weird spot right now. Uh, as far as the sports world goes, the biggest thing happening right now in my life is that uh, as of today, like earlier this afternoon, um, the Big Ten announced that they will only be playing any fall sports within conference games. Uh, and the Pac-12 is expected to do the same. That's really bad news for BYU, who I cover uh, here on the radio in the radio realm in in Utah. Uh, they had two Big Ten, sorry, Big Twelve games on the on the docket. Or sorry, Big Ten. They're Big Ten. Michigan State, Minnesota, That's no longer going to yeah. be happening. If it's Pac-12 included, uh, they may still be able to play Utah because that's in-state, but they were supposed to travel to Stanford in November, travel to Tempe, Arizona for Arizona State. Those two games uh, most likely now not going to happen. Uh, and, and BYU might find itself in a tough spot with uh, nobody to play. So it's kind of dire times here as they may have to scramble and fill their schedule. So uh, we'll see how the rest of college football is impacted if other conferences like the SEC, ACC, etc. cetera, uh, announce what they will do and how the group of five will adapt uh, accordingly. A lot of these teams rely on big power five games to kind of give that, themselves that national recognition. Uh, they won't have those opportunities if these conferences decide to stick uh, within their conference for their football season. So it's a it's a weird time, Mitch. This is just weird stuff going on. Yeah, those are big games to lose too. Stanford, Arizona State, uh, like you said, uh, was it Minnesota and Michigan State? I mean, those are yeah, those Mi- are Michigan State coming to Provo, which would have been uh, a, a very successful game. Uh, you know, as far as selling out, it's a big that's a big program that you want in. They'd be traveling to Minnesota, too, who was a 10 win team last year with a lot of NFL talent. Uh, the, the, the Arizona State's a really good team like these are some tough, tough uh, games to lose out on, especially considering that what BYU will most likely have to replace them with are going to be much worse matchups. Uh, not not as helpful. They may be wins, but they're not going to be good games. Not the ones you want. So yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's un- we're going to see a different college football season. I think we're still going to see college football. It's just going to be looking very very different. So um. yeah, no doubt. And 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 things are just still kind of being figured out, right? I mean, uh, like NBA and MLB, they have these things. NFL though, I mean, different things are coming out. I I, I uh. I saw this week that um, I'm trying to think of which football team it was. I'm going to have to Google this. I didn't prepare this. Uh, but somebody announced that if they come back with stand, with fans in the stands, that they will only allow 14,000 fans in the arena during home games. That's about – And so they that's they came out on their own and said, I got to look up which team this was. Uh, but we're seeing teams kind of decide here because the NFL hasn't given much direction and hasn't made decisions yet. It's, it's fascinating. Well, I mean, 14,000, that's what a quarter of capacity, you could say, probably for a stadium like that. So, yeah. I mean, that's fairly realistic. I mean, 
especially if you're still worried about all of it. But did you find yeah. it? Did you find it? Yeah, Baltimore Ravens okay. is, is the team. And that would be roughly 20% of the normal seating capacity. Oh, okay. So uh, they're about almost to 100,000 stadiums. They're, so. they're, se- they're a 71,000 seat stadium. So that would be a cut of 81.3% according to cbsports.com. So, uh, but again, like because the NFL hasn't come out and said, we're going to do this, we're going to do that. Teams are starting to maybe take it upon themselves and uh, we'll see how different teams that are located in different parts of this country react to uh, the cases and, and, and what's going on in their areas. Uh, I, I mean, you would think the NFL would come out with something more concrete, more sure, other than just making sure players don't swap jerseys after the game. I think that's something like, that that's, would be that's what they're doing. That would be an, that would be, I think, probably a good one to implement for at least this year. Um, that's what they did. No, that's what the NFL announced. Like oh, oh. It was either this morning or la- they came out so, with okay. very few things. Yeah, so I and that was it. one of them. But yeah, uh, no, no. But like and, I said in the last episode too, like. This is going to be a very much a, a state by state type thing because their own their regulations are regulated by the state. So things that San Francisco and the two Los Angeles teams are going to do are going to be different than what Las Vegas does, and it's going to be different than what New York does, and different from Dallas. So it there it's going to be regulated very much by the state, I think. And um, sounds like Baltimore still is willing to let fans in um, at obviously at a much much smaller capacity um but i said i mean i, I know i had said it last yeah you know, i think it was a couple episodes ago where i said look you know i don't expect to see full fan you know full crowds in september and october maybe hopefully by november december but we're, we're not going to see that right off the bat we're going to see very limited crowds and uh it sounds like at least we're going to have some fan presence which is a good thing so yeah, we'll see what other NFL teams come out and say over the next coming weeks or potentially what the NFL uh, puts in place as far as a plan to return or to have football uh, in the fall. But uh, one guy who, uh, who who's, who's no, season or no season is feeling pretty good right now is, <laughs> oh, yeah. uh, is Patrick Mahomes, uh, who just got the richest sports contract in in history. Uh, coming in at potentially over $500 million over 12 years is what Patrick Mahomes got uh, from the Kansas City Chiefs this week. Uh, there is just a kind of a few notes on this. It's $141.1 million guaranteed, uh, injury guaranteed, uh, that will completely come into place, I think, in 2021. Uh, right now, it's $63 million guaranteed. It would be up to 141 next year. Uh, ultimately, there, you know, will he see play this whole contract out? We don't really know. I was reading an interesting article, a uh, breakdown of this contract by Bill Barnwell on ESPN, who suggested that uh, the way the contract is built out, that 2025 is a very likely restructuring point of the potential of the contract. And if it does get restructured, we don't know what it would be, but ultimately this extension would end up being a six year, $183 million deal. uh, If they did restructure in 2025. So either way, I mean, a a huge lucrative deal for the best player in the NFL. And uh, Mitch, just your, your, your initial reactions to this and how you think this will play out for Kansas city and for Mahomes. I mean, we started to see kind of like the NFL uh, market kind of start to reset itself. Kirk Cousins did something 
that was kind of when he got signed by the Vikings, it was it was a big contract for for that for that you know time, and it was it was kind of something that was a little bit different and bigger contract. This blows that out of the water, um, and I'm not surprised. Down, let me ask you who the first who's first in touchdown passes over the past two seasons. Uh, I'm gonna guess Patrick Mahomes. How about the first in passing yards over the last two seasons? I am also gonna go Patrick Mahomes. How about wins? Um, you know, Mitch, this one's a tough one, but I think I'm gonna go with Patrick Mahomes. Well, yeah, you'd be right in all of those, and guess what? He's also first in total QBR and yards per attempt. Why wouldn't you spend that money? I mean, th- look, I got something to pull this up for you, and I, I got to read this to you because I found this absolutely fascinating. This was uh, what $45 million could get you. Um, this was 22 guys, 11 offense, 11 defense. Uh, um, $45 million, which is what Pat Mahomes is making per year in this contract when he averaged out the, the 10 year, the 10 year, uh, 45 or 10 year, $450 million deal, the base deal that he got. Here's what he could, well, here's what $45 million could get you. It could get you Lamar Jackson, who's making 2.4 mil. It could get you Nick Chubb. Juju Smith-Schuster, Chris Godwin, Cooper Cup, George Kittle, Orlando Brown, Ryan Ramchek, Connor Williams, Elgin Jenkins, Ryan Kelly. That's just the offense side. Now look at defense. Max Crosby, Kenny Clark, Joey Bosa, TJ Watt, Darius Leonard, Fred Warner, Leighton Vander Esch, Tredavious White, J.C. Jackson, Minka Fitzpatrick, and Xavier Woods. You could literally get all of that talent with what Pat Mahomes is going to make in one year. That's insane. That's just nuts. And if this doesn't reset the market, nothing will. I mean, this obviously has to reset the market and what the value of a franchise-type quarterback is going to be. Now, obviously, Pat Mahomes is a one-in-a-generation-type player. Um, at, at least we, we're assuming that he is because what we've seen over the first few years of his career is nothing but um, GOAT status-type stuff. But... You, you just to, uh, that was just kind of you know putting that in comparison of like what kind of team you can assemble for putting you know, what kind of team you can assemble on just what Pat Mahomes is making in one year. Yeah, I mean it's the the numbers are crazy, Mitch. But I mean obviously, like th- this is this is what the the biggest contract sports contract that's ever been getting out. No one's reached. 500 million trout came closest to the extension last year uh but this is this is the this is number one and and i know it's a lot of money and i know there are already people that are saying how can you put this much money into one player in a team sport but just just humor me for a second but if there was one position to pay a player an abhorrent amount of money in one sport football and if there was one player playing that position who would be worth that crazy amount of money, it's Patrick Mahomes. Like, there, there's no question that it's Patrick Mahomes. So what the Chiefs have done here is the right decision. I, I applaud the Chiefs for not allowing this to drag out and not allowing this to potentially sour the relationship they have with Mahomes. They know he's the guy. It's obvious based on what he's already done for them um, that he's the guy. So you have to pay him the money and, and, and kudos to the organization for knowing that, for taking care of that. 
and now they can move forward knowing that Patrick Mahomes is the face of their franchise for the next decade plus. My only, my only, and I'm, I'm with you. Like, pay the guy. He's worth, I think Pat Mahomes is worth this contract. My only worry is for the Kansas City Chiefs organization and what kind of team are they going to be able to build around him when they're paying him that much per year. We've seen experiments like this happen in other sports where they pay previously the record holder for the richest contract in sports, Mike Trout, where they pay him this amount of money. Again, once a generational type player, um, but they have never been able to build the team around them because they're paying him so much per year. And this is not a small market team. The Angels are a big market team. They haven't been able to build the team around him because they're paying him so much. So that's my only reservation about this at all. I hope it pans out. I hope it works out for the Chiefs because they obviously got their guy locked up for the next 10 years. And this is this. if you're going to pay anyone that much money, this is the guy you got to pay. Um, and Pat Mahomes deserve, deserves it. I just hope it doesn't turn out to be a Mike Trout situation where you sign a generational guy and you aren't able to build the team around him. Yeah, I mean, and and you would think that this this sort of extension comes with the understanding within the organization that you are going to have to be creative on how you fill out a roster around this guy because you are committing that much money. So you you but you know that you know okay we have Mahomes so. How are we going to build the pieces around him? Are you going to be able to re-sign Chris Jones to the long-term contract you would probably want? Maybe not, but how are you going to make up for that then in the meantime? How are you going to fill in skill positions around how, Do you hold on to a Tyreek Hill? What do you do at running back? Do you ever pay a running back? Do you running back, you know, do you try try mid to late round guys and try to just patchwork it? Because uh, that has kind of worked so far. I mean, they're, they they have to, you know, have a plan in place if you're going to pay somebody that much. And the Chiefs are a smart organization, and Andy Reid is a very good football coach. I, I have confidence that they will make it work, regardless of, of the financial impact uh, on the team, Mitch. But I do want to talk about this as well in the context of other quarterbacks. I mentioned one of those, Dak Prescott, and I'm not suggesting by any means that Dak Prescott deserves a contract that's close to what Patrick Mahomes got. But he played it extremely smart by setting but, this out. Yes, Dak Prescott could have took a deal that was less. And he is very smart, and he waited for the Mahomes deal to reset the market so that he could get himself a better deal. And now the leverage is all his because Mahomes has signed a super deal. And Dak Prescott's not going to get 12 years, $500 million. No, no, no. But no, no, no. now he can expect the Cowboys, if he wants, to offer him, what, four to six years at least? You know, somewhere around the, you know, Mahomes, the first six years of this deal is making $180 million. That means in the next six years, Dak should expect to make 150 you know? And, and, and would he have got that from the Cowboys straight up three months ago? No. And so Dak is a huge beneficiary of this. Deshaun Watson is a huge beneficiary of this. And obviously next year, Lamar Jackson, if he continues to play at the high level that he did last year, is going to be up for a big mega contract as well. So these young quarterbacks better be texting their guy, Pat, and saying, bro, good looks. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for the paycheck, you know? I mean, I could see a contract for Dak Prescott somewhere in the six-year, $180 million deep range coming up. I mean, I think he's a good enough quarterback that you could spend that type of money on him. Uh, obviously, he's not Pat Mahomes level because Pat Mahomes is Pat Mahomes. No one else is Pat Mahomes. So, 
Um, but I can see a six-year, $180 million, you know, go out and make 30 mil a year um, playing quarterback. I could see that. But I think one of the big things that's going to happen here is there are going to be a lot of quarterbacks that are going to try to work in that injury in that injury uh, guarantee type money where they're going to say, hey, look, you signed me for six years, but what at, what about my fourth year when I get hurt? You know, I want to be guaranteed at least this much. Uh, you know, in front, you know, a lot of front-loading contracts and back-loading contracts. You know, this is going to be – this is a total game-changer. Yeah, no doubt. And you mentioned that guarantee, and that was what was significant. You mentioned him earlier, Kirk Cousins, his contract with uh, the Vikings. What was significant about that was the amount of guaranteed. It wasn't, you know, the amount of money he was making or the length. It was the guaranteed money. And obviously Mahomes has kind of has surpassed that for sure. I think 80 to 90 million was the guaranteed on, on Kirk Cousins. Correct? 90 sounds around right. Yeah. yeah. So now you're looking at, like you said, Mahomes 140. Now does Deshaun, Lamar, Dak, do they all say we got to be over 100 million guaranteed on this one? And so, yeah, you're right. I mean, resetting the market is, to say the least, is what's going on right now with this Mahomes deal. Mitch, it's uh, it's it's ironic that this Mahomes mega extension comes on the heels of another QB contract that, uh, in comparison to the five hundred million, just looks. And it was silly beforehand. It looks even sillier now. And that's Cam Newton going to the New England Patriots. And now we have this here. Here's Matt Patrick Mahomes coming off a Super Bowl win, an MVP, his first full season playing quarterback, uh, signs this huge extension. And Cam Newton, former MVP, led the the Patri- the Panthers to Super Bowl Fifty, signs a one year minimum deal with the Patriots to get up to potentially seven and a half mil this year. Uh, but a 1.1 year, 1.1 million dollar minimum deal with the Patriots to play quarterback and compete for a starting job, and uh, the contrast between the these two has just been like shocking to me to think about. Oh, it, it's definitely a it's definitely a huge con- contrast. I mean, you're looking at one MVP who got half a billion dollars, and you're looking at another former MVP who got. 1.05 mil to be exact on the base salary and $550,000 fully guaranteed. He um, got the least I mean, amount of money the team could like legally give him, you know? Yeah. It's what like they call they a veteran. It's less. what they call a veteran. Mi- yeah. Right. They call it a veteran minimum. So, um, and look, I mean, obviously age plays a big deal into this injury history plays a big factor into this. Um, Look, I mean, I'm just going to give you the breakdown. I'm just going to give you the breakdown. I'm going to stop trying to trying to justify why I feel like it's not that terrible of a deal. Like I, I think you should be paid more. Um, but you look at you look at the incentives of of what he has. Playing time incentives is a maximum of three point seven three point seven five million dollars. If he plays sixty percent of the season, he's guaranteed. $1.5 million. Um, if he plays 90%, he's guaranteed $2.25 million. And that's up to $3.75 million if the team makes the playoffs. Uh, he gets a $500,000 Pro Bowl bonus, a $500,000 All-Pro bonus, um, $250,000 for each game played above 50% playing time, so a $1 million max 
um, if they get a playoff win. And then so if they win the Super Bowl, his maximum contract value would then be uh, $7.5 million. Look, I mean, they're paying a, playing a guy that's played about 50% of the games over the last two years. Um, he's had some he's had some shoulder issues. He also had the Liz Frank thing. But even last year when he had the Liz Frank issue, his, his shoulder still didn't look quite right. And that was from the preseason on. So, um, obviously, I mean, it's a weird contract. I think Bill Belichick pulled some strings to try to make him to buy into the Patriot way, which obviously, which honestly are words that Bill Belichick has never even said. Um, but I, th- I think that he's he's got him to buy into this deal of you take you take pay cuts to to build a team around you, but they still haven't even addressed the weapons around him. So to me, it's I mean. Obviously, it, the first words out of my mouth when when he signed with the Patriots were like, just son of a bitch. Like, they, they got another great quarterback to replace Tom Brady. They couldn't struggle at quarterback for one year. They had to go get another great quarterback. Um, but at the same time, I, I don't think that, like, compared to what the preseason uh, ideas were about Cam Newton, before, about the Patriots before the season started, I don't think they changed much. I think he offers about maybe one or two more wins to them and they're going to be a wild card or, or a lower seed because we've obviously expanded the playoffs now going into this year. So um, I, I don't think that he offers that much more of a difference, especially if he doesn't have weapons around him to throw to. Yeah. Um, I, I will start by saying this for cam. This is best case scenario as far as destination where he could play football. Football-wise, this is the best spot. Because you're on what what has been a playoff team with an incredible coach, a very solid defense that, that did lose some pieces in this offseason, no doubt, but is still a solid unit and has always been for Bill Belichick, and you would expect much of the same next year. Uh, you are in a position where you can legitimately compete and win a starting job and have a chance to prove yourself at the highest stage with a recognizable franchise. I mean, this is a win for Cam. What is not a win is the contract. And ultimately, Cam Newton was only offered one contract, Mitch, and that was this. So this isn't a case of Cam looking, looking, being, being picky, you know, maybe not wanting to play in certain places. Only other one team even so, sort of inquired legitimately about cam and that was the cleveland browns who ultimately ended up going with case keenum bringing in him as a veteran backup which is a mistake, but nobody else but... which is i don't think that's a terrible move is cam a better move yeah but like i mean you could do i mean the the jaguars are paying mike glennon so i yeah you know it gets worse than case keenum yeah. but uh but for cam this is a great spot because this is the best opportunity for him to succeed. And if they do go nine and seven, 10 and six next year, which I think is possible, they make that wild card. Maybe they have a shot at the, at the division depends on how good Buffalo is, but they get into a playoff. He has a chance to prove himself in a playoff stage. Maybe they get a win. Maybe they get to the divisional round, ultimately get bounced. Like that's a win for cam. He's going to be able to leverage this season into, you know, two, three years, uh, you know, got to be 15 to 25 mil, depending on how well he plays. Like, that's a big win for Cam Newton. So I am excited 
for Cam in New England. I feel disrespected for him. And I'm sure he does as well, that he only ends up with a million dollar guaranteed deal. Sorry, excuse, 500,000 guaranteed, uh, really. So I, I, I hate that part of it. But I'm excited for Cam in New England. As much as that sucks, that, that sucks to say, Mitch, because it sucks that New England doesn't get to suck next year. But I'm excited for my boy Cam, and uh, I will be rooting for him next season. I mean, I know Cam Newton's your boy. I mean, he's he's your boy. You're, you're a Cam Newton guy. Um, and I don't have any disdain towards Cam Newton. Other, I mean, and it's not even disdain towards Cam Newton. I'm just more upset at the fact that the Chicago Bears didn't go after Cam Newton and went yeah. and got <laughs> Nick Foles instead, which Nick Foles is fine. I'm sure he'll be fine, but I wish they would have gotten Cam Newton, um, especially based off what they've tried to do with Mitchell Trubisky. But – that aside, I'm not – I mean, th- this is worst-case scenario if you're if you're a fan of any other team. I mean, this is doomsday. Yeah. Like, if you look at the free agent market and what it was this year, and you look at the quarterbacks that were available, this is doomsday for any other football fan. Because now Cam Newton, who is probably the best available guy – has now gone and signed with one of the best franchises in football, if not the best franchise in football, with the best head coach in football, and the most diverse and most adaptive system in football. And honestly, I mean, you could you could be you could have sour grapes about it, and you and you could be really upset that he's there. But you could also look at this as a Cam Newton fan. You, I'm sure you can understand this. This is a chance for Cam to reinvent himself. Because Cam Newton is 31 years old. He is not the same sort of mobile quarterback that he once was. Uh, He's got a lot of mileage on his body. He's going to have to find a way to continue to be productive without getting outside the pocket and moving upfield with his feet. He's going to have to find a way to be a better passer. And if there is a system that can capitalize on someone being a high-efficient passer, it is Bill Belichick's offensive system. The the check-down, the high-percentage throw-type system and this is a prime opportunity for Cam Newton to establish himself as a as a premier passer going into the back half of his, back half of his career. If you're going to be a 32-year-old Cam Newton coming at the end of his one-year contract and guys are going to be looking for maybe a potential replacement, one name that comes up is the New Orleans Saints when they're going to be looking at when Drew Brees is done with his career. They're going to want to look for a passer. And if you can have a Cam Newton that's maybe reestablished himself as a high percentage passer in a system that allows him to do that, uh, you automatically add yourself, add a lot of value to yourself as a player because you've you've now proven and worked on that. So this is a prime opportunity for Cam Newton um, to reinvent himself and become that pocket passer that he's probably going to have to be in the back half of his career. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, this is a prove-it deal to show the NFL that he's got a long-term career and not a short-term career. You know, Which that is it's so not weird over to say about here. a former MVP, right? And that's and, and that's and that's where I feel, Mitch, the disrespect for Cam. Because you're telling me that if this was Matt Ryan, who had the injuries that Cam had the last couple years, coming off the the one MVP season— you know, had similar circumstances to to Cam, 
and hits free agency that somebody doesn't offer him a one-year $10 million at least? I mean, Matt well, Ryan is going to get double-digit million-dollar deal on the free on the free market in the same circumstance that Cam Newton was. But because it's Cam and this whole stigma with running quarterbacks, a stigma against black quarterbacks, a stigma against Cam Newton himself, that he is this certain type of player that he's not, that he's not a good teammate, which he is, that he can't fall in line, which he has. I mean, Ron Rivera is not a player's coach per se. You know, he's he's got an old school mentality to him, and, and that marriage worked. So why does Cam Newton end up with only a million dollars as a former MVP quarterback who the last time he was healthy playing quarterback was playing at a high level, Pro Bowl level, caliber level in 2018, 2017, excuse me. Then, then, then like what, how, how does he end up with only a million dollars? That's, that's my biggest gripe. I'm, Mitch, I'm I understand not... different circumstances, but that just, just irks me. I mean, I'm just, I'm just going to say that I'm not sure if I'm buying the stigma argument um, just because, and you brought up Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan has averaged over 4,000 yards over the last eight years, which I think just in itself, if he was supposed to get that comp, it's supposed to get that contract and you could look at other contracts other guys have gotten, that just kind of proves in itself that pocket passers are still paramount in the NFL. Um, so I'm not. I'm not buying the stigma thing. I, I, I mean, obviously, I, I, I'm not buying the black, the black quarterback thing or the running quarterback thing because honestly, running quarterbacks are still hard to come by. When you look over the landscape of the entire NFL, running quarterbacks are still kind of hard to come by. A good one, at least. Um, and I, I just, I just think that that that's a little bit unfair to say about Matt Ryan uh, because Matt Ryan is is. He's a four, he's a fourth average is well over 4,000 yards over the last eight years. So, um, but that aside, yes, it is unfair for a former MVP to get a show me contract and see what you can do type deal when he's 31 and has maybe at most, I would say nine years left in his career at the very most, if he stays completely healthy and plays until he's 40. Um, but if he plays until he's 37, that's still so another six five more years. years? Yeah, five or that's, six years, I think, is fair if he's healthy. Yeah. If he's yeah, healthy. no doubt. I mean, so it's a fascinating thing, and 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 you know, and to tie this all back in, maybe this Mahomes thing helps him because if he balls out this year, maybe now with this new quarterback market, uh, you know, who knows what kind of sort of value he may have, or maybe his value diminishes because teams would rather have a young player locked in on a big term, big long contract as opposed to a veteran quarterback. Uh, you know, that they're often any anything significant to. So I'm curious to see, and obviously he has to perform well, but I have confidence in Cam Newton that he will perform well uh, in New England and prove that he's here to stay. And I'm excited for him. I'm excited for him to get this opportunity because it needed to end in Carolina. And it sucked. Like, I didn't want to see it, but it, he needed a fresh start, and so did the franchise. And so the timing made sense. It made sense to move on. I get all that. But uh, I am excited for Cam to get a chance to prove he could still play in the NFL, and I expect him to play at a high level. So, Oh, I expect him to, too, also. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Uh, Mitch, let's uh, let's talk about a little bit of NFL news before we kind of wrap this up here. Uh, last, uh, what was this? In, this? in the past week or so, 
there has been a a renewed, or actually for the past couple weeks, there's been a renewed reinvigoration of uh, questioning the name of certain sports franchises in America, America, and namely uh, at the forefront, the Washington Redskins football team. Now in the past, Dan Snyder has said he would not change it. It was here to stay. Uh, but the pressure mounted, and sure enough, uh, the Redskins put out a statement suggesting that they were going to look at and, and you know, put in a review period uh, to reflect on the name and whether they need to change it. And the expectation is that they will change it. In fact, I would be utterly shocked if they came out of this and said, nah, we're good. Uh, <laughs> like, that, that would not be a good look for the Redskins. So ultimately, they're going to change the name, it seems like. Uh, there have already been some discussions in that. I know Ron Rivera has talked about that. There's a couple names that he's meant he specifically talked about with uh, with Snyder that he was a fan of. He said uh, that he thought would be good names to use. Uh, the Cleveland Indians are going through something similar in, in the MLB. They they are also in a review period. They also are expected to change their name as well. I for one think this is about time. Uh, there's no excuse in 2020 to have a team name like this. I understand the history of it all, but there are so many bad team names in the world and not just controversial ones, just flat out bad sports team names that I think a lot of franchises should do a rebranding, including the other, one of the other teams in Washington, the basketball team, the wizards, Mitch, the oh, wizards, huh? They should, they the should be the wizards? bullets already be, be the bullets so, again. Come on. So, so put aside, obviously, the, the history behind that phrase, the team name, what it represents using the image of a Native American man as a mascot. All of that aside, I, it's just a bad name, and there are better names out there. So I'm intrigued to see what they come up with. I will say I don't have high hopes because they usually <laughs> – I just feel like I'm going to be disappointed and it's not going to be as cool as we as it could be. But I want to know, Mitch, do you have any thoughts – on what the names could be or what you would like to see these teams do uh, as they change their names and kind of uh, rebrand themselves, if you will. Well, I mean, bef- before I, before I give my, in- my uh, insight, my, maybe my, uh, my suggestion for what the team name should be. Um, I also rule over a realm, Dallin, as you know, I rule over a realm called the pit of misery. And in the pit of misery, uh, what I say goes. And I'm putting Dan Snyder in the pit of misery because this is five years too late. Um, yeah. So Dan Snyder goes in to the pit of misery. I am writing his name down now. I think he has a vacation home in the pit of misery, right? He might like have a, one on the coast of the pit of misery. Yes. He's got a timeshare. That he tries to get you to yeah. to hop on. Well, the pit of misery, year. the coat. When I say the coast of the pit of misery, it's actually a coast of lava. So, um, oh yeah, it's it, just the Gulf yeah, of Mexico. It's just the Florida Gulf. That's the pit of misery. <laughs> full of full of just, lava hurricanes and and magma typhoons. It's it's it's. This sounds horrifying. Not a great vacationing place. <laughs> um, but anyway, um, look, I think if it, I mean, obviously they should change the name from the Redskins to, to something else. I, and again, I understand the historical background behind it. I understand that. Um, but it's just, it's, it's time to move on from that. Um, look, I think if they are going to change the name from Washington Redskins, why not change it from Washington DC? 
Yes. Go go be DC. D- change it to DC. Um, I know that the franchise, uh, the former baseball franchise, Washington Generals, have been open to um, selling their rights to that name. Um, yeah. So Generals is a popular one that I've seen online Generals, too as a suggestion. I would love to see uh, Capitals. I know that's already occupied by the NHL team, but um, I, I think that's also a solid name. Um, but there, but there, there's a multiple, there's a multitude of of names that that could be um, used, especially it being in the nation's capital. So like the, you, yeah. you could find different things. Um, you know, Maryland is also the home of the Naval Academy. So you could find something associated with that. You, there's, there's state birds, there's state animals, there, there, there's different things that you can associate with other than, um, obviously, uh, the name that they're using right now. So, um, I, I'm a, I'm a front runner for generals. I think that's a great name. Uh, it's a strong name. Um, but I think also if they're going to do that, change it from Washington to D.C. because you can have that confusion with Washington State as well. Yeah, no doubt. D.C. Generals is a great name. Uh, I am 100% on board with the D.C. thing. It sounds cooler. And why not, like, compl- if you're going to change the name and the history, like, you don't have to be tied to anything. Even the colors. And I get that the colors will most likely be the same. You've got way too much merchandise and branding out there to change everything. I understand the 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 task that would be, though I still think they should do it. I understand if they keep the yellow and red, you know, the, 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 the Washington colors and they just kind of build around that. I get that, but I've got an idea, Mitch, that you're probably going to hate. Okay. But it is a billion dollar idea. It better be good. Don't disappoint me. This is a one year solution. So you would do this Don't and you like would tell already. the fan. Li- okay, like I know already. you're going to hate it. Mitch, this is what you do. You tell the fans. You're like, listen, we want to take – we understand the history behind this name, what this means. We want to take our time with coming up with a good name, and we want to involve you. So we're going to not rush this for 2020. We're going to change the name for this year, but in 2021, we're going to do the full rebrand. But we want to take our time, get feedback, and really do this right. So in the meantime, Mitch, here's what we're going to do. We're getting rid of Washington, and we're going with D.C. Because D.C. sounds cooler. And what's the first thing you think of when you think of D.C., Mitch? Uh, Besides the capital of the country, what's another D.C.? You hear D.C., what comes to mind? United? No, Mitch, you think of the comic books. Oh, the no, super stop it. No, heroes. no, I hate it already. Yes, stop, stop, I know stop, you stop, do. Stop. Mitch, here's what you do. You rebrand for the 2020 season as the DC superheroes. No, no, no. You create, you create four different jerseys designed around DC characters. You get an all black Batman. You get a red, white, and blue Superman. You get some dope Wonder Woman. And then you do like a a, a red flash, maybe Aquaman. Oh my. Aquaman? You Are you wrote, kidding me? Aquaman? You, wrote, you rotate the jerseys. You got you got a couple whites, couple darks, so you could do the home and the road. You rotate them home games. Every home game, the Batman home game, everything's black. You got Batman on the field. You got Batman themed food. 
You got Batman themed everything. You know how, Mitch, you know how quickly I would buy a Chase Young Batman jersey? Are you kidding me? Oh my God. Not only would this make you a ton of money, DC would sell you the rights because they would make a ton of money. You'd get fans interested in your franchise, a franchise, by the way, that nobody cares about. I checked, I checked the room. Nobody cares about the Washington Redskins. So how about you make something exciting and then you build up the momentum for the actual rebrand. The fans know this is a one-year limited time thing. And Mm -hmm. then in 2021, you're going hard with the new identity, whatever you come up with, the new branding and everything. But go make some money in the meantime and do something interesting. Sports are too boring. Like, let's just let's do something crazy, Mitch. I hate that so much. I know. I I thought of it. And my first thought was Mitch will hate this. Look. But it's it's a billion dollar idea. First of all, I know you're a Batman guy. And yes. one oh, of my man. favorite movies is The Dark Knight. But Marvel is superior to DC. Let's just put that let's just get that out True. Of True. So first fallacy in that. Second fallacy. It doesn't it doesn't have to be the best to work. It'll it those are big brands. Second People fallacy you are proposing that one of the jersey options for this team is an Aquaman jersey? The dude can cool. summon Make- fish. That's it. <laughs> so what? He you summons. The the no, green. stop, stop, stop. <laughs> he summons fish. That's it. That's Okay, that's an it. unfair summation of the powers of, of that's Aquaman. That's okay. it. He no, summons fish. He can swim really fast, Mitch. Give him a Oh, break. cool. So he's Michael Phelps that can he's summon fish. And a marine that's biologist it. in one. Okay? Leave him alone ridiculous ridiculous not no no you're telling me that the casual okay here's a great example here's a great example yeah you better have a good listening my my brother-in-law greg he may be listening to this right now and greg is a big superman fan what's up greg how you doing huge superman fan he's a niners he follows the niners roots for the niners right but you're telling me greg if, if the Redskins rebranded the DC superheroes and created a Superman football jersey, that you just wouldn't be like slightly intrigued enough to care, Here's- or so intrigued that you may want to buy some of the merchandise, and you're definitely watching that game if it's on Monday night because you want to see how cool those jerseys look. That's what I'm talking about. What was that, the coalition? What else? Washington what- needs that. What was the coalition? Of of all those superheroes called was it the Super the Friends Justice League? Oh, the Justice League. I thought it was the Super Friends because I think that Super, friends. super Best Friends or whatever it was like that could easily be rebranded. That is oh the, the Super Friends. Oh, it's a weak move. It's a weak move. Sure, financially it makes sense, but guess what? Weak. It, it's weak. It's so weak. Bro, it's an easy it's cop so out. Big. How is it easy? Nobody would do this, Mitch. Nobody would do this. It's it's so out I'm going to be the Washington Batman. I'm going to be the no, Washington the Superman. Superman. The DC Justice League. Oh, that's such the a lame-ass name. It's so lame. Oh, my gosh. No, it's not, Mitch. It is. For a year. I'm telling you, Mitch, if it was a long-term deal, it doesn't work. Okay? But as a one-year, this is the perfect year to do it. 2020? 
is, is who knows what 2020 is. It's whatever you want it to be at this point. It's the craziest year any of us have ever lived through, right? So why not for this one football season that we may not even have, that who knows what it's going to look like, that you do something a little different and you take your time to properly rebrand the team because it's July and we're supposed to have football in two months and you're telling me the, the Washington football team is going to have a different name and branding? That, that's not going to go well. So take your time, do something fun, bring interest back in your team so that when you rebrand in 2021, fans may actually care. I may actually be intrigued by the team because I got this really dope You're Batman not going to be intrigued by the team. They're going to be 2-14. and 14. They're going to be awful. I love me some Ron Rivera. What if Dwayne Haskins is good? They're going to be which, terrible. What? You're not going to be if intrigued the by the red, team just if, based off the, the name. If you're Dan Snyder in this Washington team, what do you have to lose at this point? You are one of the worst franchises in the NFL. Well, Dan Snyder has nothing to lose because Dan Snyder is a terrible owner. So, right. Yeah, so this is what he needs. Reinvigorate the fan base. Get people to care. This could go so south so quick, though. You know how many, Mitch, you know how many kids are going to ask for that football jersey for Christmas? You know how many kids are going to be like, oh my gosh, mom, it's Superman. Will you buy me the Superman jersey? Like, they're going to be crazy. You're such a businessman. It makes me sick. It makes me sick. It it would be ironic for a team that most likely that will rebrand to some patriotic themed name, right? From, from a, from a, from a bad name to a very American name. Patriotic. Batman is Batman. What are you talking about? I'm not talking about Batman. I'm talking about whatever name they choose. If it's generals, if it's going to be something, you know, in that realm, right? For a team that's going to ultimately change to that, to embrace capitalism to the hundredth percentile by doing this, and rebranding as a freaking superhero franchise for a year to make a shit ton of money. It's the American way, Mitch. I don't know. I don't know. I, I It's just... incredible. Dan, Look, Dan, my boy, call me, okay? Because I've got I've got an idea for you. Y- your people get in contact with his people. Yes, my, my interns have already reached out to Dan Snyder's I mean, people. Look, so we're waiting for an email it, back. Look, okay. I am not going to say that it's not a billion dollar idea because it, it, it sure is. I just hate it. I just hate it so much. I'm not going to disagree like with you that you can make a ton kids. of money off this thing, but it's a terrible idea. I, I just don't like it. And it's because, I mean, obviously, I mean, honestly, like I said, Dark Knight's my favorite movie. One of my favorite movies. I mean, if I were to make a top five list, Dark Knight you know, Heath Ledger playing the Joker, right. Christian Bale doing Batman. It's a fantastic film. One of my favorites. But I just don't like the rebrand. Th- I mean, shit, you're talking me into it. God damn it. I hate it. I hate it. I still hate the idea. I still hate the idea. I just sit with it for a little bit, Mitch, because I'm telling you, I'm telling you. It would, it could, like, worst case scenario, nobody cares. But guess what? Nobody cares about the Washington football team right now anyways. So, so like, what so do you what's lose? This? So, are you just, so, okay, if you're going to rebrand team names that much, and I know we're spending yeah. way more time on this than we want to do, but it's fun. That's okay. It's fun. So, let's just do it. <laughs> if you're going to rebrand like that, what you cannot, superheroes, does you, you cannot use superheroes. Because you have to that's do DC Justice League or something like that. I think that I know. think for one year, you go under the team name of the DC Football Club, DCFC. Oh, okay. 
I think you do that for one year, and you, if you're going to do that, like if you're going to do the DC superhero branding, you go under DC Football Club, and you go with pretty much that as your team name, and you rebrand what with whatever superhero you want, whether it's Aquaman or Pigeon Man or or whatever it I'm telling is. You, you just you get like the four most popular. You create four jerseys, two that could be home, two that could be road. You know, because you got to have like the white and the dark tops. You got to have the dark and the white. Like so, you do enough jerseys that you can rotate them by game. You're telling me, you know, y- your kid's a superhero. Your kid's a Batman fan. And, and you live in Arizona, and Washington's coming to town next week, and they're wearing the Batman jerseys. You're not telling me that kid's like, Mommy, we got to go to the game. Batman jerseys are going to be at the game. Like, you're, like, no kid's asking their parents to go see the Washington football team play football at their home stadium. But they might if they're wearing Wonder Woman jerseys, okay? That's all I'm saying, Mitch. They sure as hell aren't if they're wearing Aquaman jerseys. I'm telling you that, <laughs> that might. No one help. likes Aquaman. Okay. You can do the Flash. Yeah, okay, okay. Just so Jason Momoa, Jason Momoa, Aquaman is cool. Okay. Uh, he's he's kind of sexy. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, he is very sexy. Uh, he's kind of sexy, man. I mean, j- uh, like, you got me there. He's kind of sexy. Then I don't want to know what people think of me, man. Well, no, like, I'm just trying to. Uh, yeah, Jason <laughs> Mo- Jason Momoa, Aquaman. You did it right. But look, I mean, look, it, it. Jason Momoa guest calls the game in the Monday night football booth the night of his jersey when Washington's playing some team and they're wearing the Aquaman jerseys. And oh, look, Jason Momoa's around being in the press. He's, he's in the he's in the he's in the TV call. Oh, that's fun. Now he's on at, at the halftime show doing backflips like, why you know. Let's just go, Mitch. Okay, yeah, you got me. Okay, fine. Fine, I kind of buy into it. I still think it's a terrible idea, just out of principle. But Yeah, it it is fundamentally marketing. Marketing Marketing-wise, sure, absolutely. Capitalism, thousand percent. That's what I'm saying. So we'll see what they change the name to. But as I said earlier, it's July, and we're supposed to have football in September. So if they're going to change this, uh, they got to do it now. And my fear is that they're going to rush into something where if they took more time, they could come up with something better. Yeah, I've heard some stuff about like, like because Nike has been one of those those companies that has stood up to them and said pretty much right. like we're not going to sell your merchandise um, if you continue to use this team name. And right. you could strong arm them into a, into a situation where it's like, hey, you have six weeks to figure this out. And then if you figure this out, then yeah, we'll produce all the merchandise that you want, and and that's where you're gonna make up for a lot of lost revenue. Um, um, so they're I think they're gonna be strong arm to it. Like obviously, as much as I might might hate to say it, your idea might be more fun. But it is more fun. It is more fun. Okay, I can't say it. It is more fun. But I I could see definitely a strong arm situation where you know a, a merchandise producer like nike goes hey look you have six weeks to figure this out otherwise we're not producing anything washington redskins we're just not doing yep so yeah and the and they wouldn't be able to afford to start the season without that in place and without knowing that that's such a large chunk of revenue gone i mean you know what if espn or fox says you know what like we won't let you on our network with that name you know you so so now that monday night game you're supposed to have Announcers you know, were, we're already concerned it. about how to how to talk about the team 
How to without, say the name. Without, yeah. With that name. They were like, oh, this Washington football team. When obviously the exactly. graphic that said Redskins was right up on the TV. So, like. I mean, hey, like, personally speaking, I've been hesitant to use the team name in certain context. Like, I feel it makes me feel weird. Like, it's not a word I would say in any other context. And it feels weird to say it, even though I know what I'm talking about. I don't talk about a football team, but it, it, it it's obviously it's been time to change. So, yes, the pressure from outside parties is ultimately what's affecting this change. And good for them. Good for FedEx for standing their ground. Good for Nike for standing their ground. Hopefully, though, they come up with a good name. That's all I care for. An interesting name. All right, Mitch, I uh, I think that's about it for these little uh, news items that we wanted to cover. Yeah, that's it, man. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. The show. Cool. All right. Well, uh, let's uh, let's move on. We uh, you got a top five for us this week, right? I do. I do. And I'm going to preface this by saying, like, look, fun fact about me: uh, my birth name is not Mitchmo. <laughs> what? My birth name's not Mitchmo. Yeah, no, no. I my, my birth name is Mitchell, uh, which is which I might take you guys some by shock, but you know it's it, but it's you know my birth. I am not, shook. You're shook. Yeah. <laughs> well, Mitchmo, Mitchmo. I need to call Sammy. Sammy, you lied to me this whole time. You thought I was just flat out redneck <laughs> and just put Mo at the end of my name, didn't you? Oh man. No, but it's it, no Mitchmo has been a nickname of mine since I was a little kid, and, and a lot of my good buddies. Like Dallin or, or my buddies back home here in, in Chico, they'll call me just Mo. And it's just been a nickname I've had since I was a little kid. Um, and uh, I like that nickname. I think that's a good nickname. It's a solid nickname. It fits me. I like it. But sometimes you get a nickname that man just isn't that good. And sometimes you hate it. And sometimes you wish it would go away. And that's why on this week's edition of... Mitch Moe's top five list of the week. We are going to do the top five worst nicknames in sports history. That's what we're going with. Man, Mitch, uh, I can think of a nickname that one of us had that was subpar at best. Oh, what what was that? Daddy D. Oh, Daddy D. Yeah. Come on, that was a dark phase of the sports we hour. Had, I just would like to we forget. We had about an eight-episode f- uh, span where you were <laughs> Daddy D, and that was just – thankfully, your mother and your wife talked you out of that one because that was just a terrible <laughs> name. Ugh. Well, that was when you we were transitioning yeah. from Mitchmo and the Mormon, and we, we weren't sure what to use. Dallin obviously has worked great, but it, that, it was a that dark Daddy time. D phase was a dark one. You know, it was – that was a bad that nickname. Was a bad, that was a bad nickname. <laughs> honorable mention. Uh, Dallin, Daddy Honor- D. Graf. Honorable mention. <laughs> uh, but I, oh, man. All right. I got All a right, couple Mitch, of honorable mentions before we get going. Um, Eric yeah. Butterbean Esh, uh, which Butterbean, you know, the boxer. Hmm. Um, yeah, there's been a lot of uh, – there's been a lot of uh, people, you know, that have had – uh, these great, fantastic names, especially in boxing. And I'm just going to read you a couple of these ones really quickly, uh, if I can pull them back up in a timeable, timely fashion. Yeah, uh, you know, Muhammad Ali was the greatest. There was uh, Smokin' Joe Frazier, Sugar Ray Leonard, Hitman mm. Thomas Hearns. Um, but Butterbean? Ah, Butterbean. Pretty weak. Pretty weak. 
Uh, the other one goes to the X Games. Uh, Sean the Flying Tomato White. Um, that that's not a real name. Yeah, right? the Flying Tomato. Somebody actually yeah, called him that. You know, the big red hair and everything is the Flying Tomato, and that was uh, that sucks. That sucks. It really sucks. Um, <laughs> but it doesn't suck as bad in my mind as these next five. So let's kick it off with number five. We're gonna go to Manu Obi Wan Ginobili. <laughs> no, bitch, that's that's fire, now look, bro. I love Star that Wars. Is fire. I, I love I, Star Wars. Manu Obi Wan Ginobili. Holy, I've never heard that in my life. That is, how is that not like a common knowledge? Thing? I don't know, but look, I hate it because I feel like it's disrespectful to Obi Wan Kenobi. <laughs> Obi-Wan, like, Obi-Wan, I'm a big Star Wars guy. Obi-Wan, you deserve better than that to be. Like, Manu, great ball player. Great, great shooter. One part of that big three in, in San Antonio during their successful years. But, man, it's it's uh, not very strong. Almost like a cheap cop-out name. Like, you just found something that rhymed and you didn't really want to put too much effort into it. That's it. That's the way I feel about wow. that. What a take. I love like, it. Obviously, you Give love Obi-Wan Ginobili. So. That's just, I mean, you, come on. You just said it again, and I smiled. <laughs> it's fantastic. Son of a bitch. I started something, didn't I? You're going to start referring to him. Every time he comes up, is Obi-Wan Ginobili. Yep. Every time I bring up Manu Ginobili in a conference, which does not happen very often, but every time I will from now, from, from henceforth, he will be known as Manu Obi-Wan Every Ginobili. time his name comes up, we just have the, hello there drop that comes up (laughs) (laughs) all right Uh, number number four four, uh is mark the sanchez sanchez wait the sand mark the sanchez sanchez the sanchez what does sanchez Uh, mean because he was drafted for the jets to be pretty much their franchise quarterback and that just did not happen um um, it's it's really unfortunate what makes this list is because you gave him the name the Sanchez, but his career is not just remembered. It's not just uh, marked. It is what's the word I'm looking for? It is uh, shit. What's the word I'm looking for? It is defined by one play, and yeah. that is the butt fumble. You cannot. Have your one play, that one play, define your career and be called the Sanchez. Sorry, you just can't do it, Mark Sanchez. Yeah, it's also a dumb nickname. It's really, it's a cheap nickname. Like nicknames aren't supposed to be cheap. Yeah. Like Doctor J, is like, yeah, that's okay. Magic Magic Johnson. Johnson. Come there on. was one on here that I actually saw. I was when I was doing my research, and there was multiple lists of the worst nicknames, and I obviously made my own. But I saw Larry Bird's on there. That was the Hick from Lizard Lick, or the Lick, the Hick from French Lick. No, that's a fantastic nickname. You you yeah, don't you don't put that one on the list of the worst ones. That's a fantastic nickname. <laughs> um, so yeah, Mark Sanchez, Sanchez, number four on the list. Number three. The man that defined the XFL its first run. Rod, he hate me smart. Oh, come on, Mitch. That's another no. good one. He hates Who me? hates it's him? Iconic. Who hates him? That's what I'm asking. That's the point. 
Everybody? No. Nobody. Who hates him? That's he? God? You don't just Does use God he. That's singular. He hates me. He hate me. No, that's a oh, stupid-ass nickname. Stupid-ass nickname. But one of the worst I've ever heard. He hate me. <laughs> um, I can't even remember who he played for, but he was in the first run of the XFL. Rod, he hate me smart. Number three on the list. Number two! Our first phallic entrant into the list. Uh, Randy Big Unit Johnson. <laughs> Come on, Mitch. I love like all of these nicknames except for the Sanchez. I was stupid, but come on. Look, <laughs> I know with a name like Randy Johnson, it's too easy to put the name Big Unit there. He also happened to be six foot ten. But come on, is it really? Is that appropriate? Is that appropriate to say? Yes. The Big Unit. You know yeah. what we're talking about. I mean, you and I both know what we're talking about. We say Big Unit. And now we're going to put this in between yeah. the names, guys. I mean, he pitched like he had Do the kids he had know? big balls when he pitched. Sure, but we don't need to talk about the one singular thing. I mean, <laughs> I mean, unless you have I multiple, no disrespect. Oh, wait, may, may, I mean, you, you and I love Big Dick Nick. You're telling me that that's not okay now? Big Dick Nick's okay, but the but the big unit Randy Johnson. Look, isn't? I'm an agent of chaos. I just want to cause chaos on my list. So, <laughs> oh, okay, okay, Heath Ledger, calm down. <laughs> I want to cause discourse when I do my lists. Either total agreeance or discourse. There is no in between. <laughs> but Randy Big Unit Johnson. Let's just call him Randy Big Dick Johnson if you want to do that. Like. Okay. You should call him Randy's got a big Johnson. Randy that- big Johnson. Yeah. Okay. Sure. <laughs> Biggie Johnson. Biggie Smalls. Biggie Johnson Smalls. Ooh. No, we're getting off in the week. Biggie we're- Small Johnson. Whoa. Hey, hey, don't you question this man's manhood. Get out of here with that. <laughs> Number one. This is the one that is definitely not okay. And th- this one's like not even close to okay. Uh, Lester the Molester Hayes. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. The, the former safety defensive back for the Oakland Raiders. Um, that one's not okay. <laughs> Lester the Molester. Like, I understand molest meant something different back in the 70s, too. Um, but it also meant that also, that other thing also in the 70s, too. So, like, <laughs> you don't. <laughs> Just say that. You don't do that. Like, what rhymes with Lester? Molester! Let's put him, let's give him that name. That's not okay. It's like the first thought. We don't got to think past that. That's Lester Pester. He could have been the pesterer because he's he pesters receivers. Lester the, the jester. jester. Oh, he's Ooh, a, maybe, maybe he's silly. He's like, just a silly he's a, guy. He's the locker room clown. Maybe, maybe he makes everyone laugh. Lester the Westerner. Like, was he from the West Coast? Maybe he's a maybe? cowboy. Who knows? Hmm? Maybe Lester Hayes was a cowboy. Hmm? But nope, he was a molester. Wow. So. <laughs> well, well, his nickname was Mitch. Let's not. Let's not, not well, but, but then you look at the nickname and you're like, ah, did, is Lester a bad guy? Lester the oh, molester. Man. Yeah, just a different time. But hey, man, just uh, you just you just don't do that one. You Come just, on. Sanchez and Lester the Molester, bad names. Everything else I'm on You're board. on board with Obi-Wan Ginobili. 
He hate yes, me smart. A thousand percent yes. And well, yes, he hate me. Obvious. Well, okay. Well, he hate me. Is it just for the nostalgia, or is it because you actually like them? It is the iconicness of the. It, it's it's iconic because it never made sense back then, but it didn't but matter. Who that, hates him? Like when like the first run of the XFL is solely defined by that man. Like you like that's all people think that's about. That's unfortunate. Oh, the XFL that one year. He hate me. Like that's how iconic that's, that is. That's unfortunate. It's great. Some things just don't need to make sense, you know? I guess not. But, you know, we <laughs> found out that you are a lover of Big Unit and Obi-Wan Kenobi, so. Obi-Wan yeah. Ginobili. Yeah. Excuse me. Obi-Wan, Manu Obi-Wan Ginobili. Fantastic. But that might be Fantastic. the quickest top five on record, but that is the top five list of the week, so. No, I love it. I love it. That was uh, that was good stuff. I lo- Nicknames are such a fascinating thing because the more – that like you think about, I, I, I feels like every player. I mean, every player has a has a nickname. That's a lot of that's a lot of nicknames to think. Yeah, about. Yeah, I saw on some lists like A Rod was really high up on one of the worst ones. Um, really? So it was Gonzo. I guess it's easy, but that's not like bad it's, per se. Yeah, there was Gonzo for like uh, Carlos Gonzalez or mm, yeah or um, yeah or Luis Gonzalez. So. There's some really bad ones out there. Booger. Yeah. Booger's a really bad one, too. (laughs) Booger McFarlane. Big Baby Davis. Yeah. Um, I also hated the big fundamental, Tim Duncan. The big – I don't know if I've ever heard that one. The big fundamental? That's just That was a dumb one. That was a really dumb one. Yeah. Um. And you put Obi-Wan Ginobili on there. By the way, Bonzi Wells, that was a nickname. Bonzi wasn't even his real name. So that was on that list. Well, that was mm. on one of the lists I saw. So, Huh. Yeah. Well, there you go. I didn't know that. How about that? All right, Mitch. Uh, well, thanks for your top five. Appreciate it. Great stuff. Great stuff as always. Uh, let us, uh, let's, let's do some all, uh, Forgotten All-Stars. How about that? Yeah. So I'd like to explain the new format, by the way. Yeah, um, go ahead. Because we did this about a few days ago, about four days ago, five days ago. No, more than that, because we recorded last week. And we had some technical difficulties, weren't be able to put this out. But our new format for the Forgotten All-Star is this. We are each going to pick a Forgotten All-Star. We're going to give each other three clues, and we're going to see if we can guess the other person's Forgotten All-Star. So we're going to make a little game out of this. Um, on the unreleased, uh, technical difficulty ridden episode that we had, we both guessed correctly. Um, so technically we're one to know, but because this is actually the debut of this one, technically it, we, we are O and O. So, um, yeah, down. We're going to keep track of this. Who would you like to go first? Would you like to go first? Um, yeah, I'll, I'll go first. Okay. I can do that. I can do that. All right. So, um, here is who I got. I had a really good one last time, but I can't reuse it because um, it'll be I too know. obvious for you. So we're going to go with uh, – I'll give you three clues here. One, uh, this is an NBA player. Okay. Okay? It is a player who is currently – this is a two-part hint. Look at that. Two-part hint. He's a player who is currently playing in the NBA and will be in Orlando. Okay. Okay. So you've narrowed it down to 22, 22 teams. Yep. 
and uh, he is a uh, big man. Okay, so he's a big man. Big man plays on the team currently in Orlando. I'll give you another hint, Mitch. I'm just giving out hints all the time. He's not. Uh, he's not Anthony Davis. He's not prominent. Okay, you may have to think about this a little bit. It's not going to be an obvious one. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay, that is my. Those are my hints. Three guesses, Mitch. Oh, oh, that's it. Oh, that's awfully vague. Yeah, that's it. So he's a big man. He is in Orlando this year. Yep. And he's not Anthony Davis. That's what you just told me. No, no. And and what I mean by that is he's not like, he's not a prominent player in the NBA right now. Okay. That's what I mean by Anthony Davis. Like, you know, he's not a guy that doesn't come to the top of your head when you think of the big names, but that's why he's a forgotten all-star. Okay. 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 Um, okay. Well, if I'm going to play odds, I'm going to say Western Conference because there's more teams there. You know, right, what are we I am. You got a guess? Uh, I am going to go with, uh, oh, that's a, that's a stretch. Ah, uh, uh, I know you, you're counting down on me, huh? Um, yep. Uh, Let's go with Steven Adams. No, no okay. Steven Adams. Not a bad guess. Not a bad guess. Um, okay, do I get one more? Let's say two guesses. You get two more. You get three guesses. Okay. Uh, my next one was going to be Yusuf Nokic. Yusuf Nurkic? Yusuf Nurkic. Nope. Okay. Nope. I'm going to give you one more hint, Mitch. Okay. For the final guess. He plays – okay, but in order to do this, you need to promise me that you won't be looking at team rosters as I say this, okay? Okay. So close that tab out. God damn it. Okay. okay. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> I'm going to give you a hint. He plays for a team in Texas. Oh. Okay. So, Houston or Dallas or San Antonio. But San Antonio's not going – They are in Orlando. Oh, they are in Orlando. What do you got, Mitch? One guess. Um, uh, Jakob Potel. Jakob Potel? I don't know. I'm just guessing. Oh, my God. No, 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 no. Like that kid has ever sniffed an all-star game, No, 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 not Jakob Potel. Not Jakob Potel. Um, uh, uh. This is just. Oh, Willie oh. Cauley Stein. No, but man, Willie Cauley Stein is a. I don't all-star. know. I'm just. I'm, 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 I'm panicking. I'm panicking. Mitchell David. No, it's Tyson Chandler. Oh, Tyson Chandler. God damn it. Former defensive MVP, defensive player of the year, excuse me, in 2012, an all star in 2013 for the New York Knicks. He currently plays with the Houston Rockets. Ah, Tyson shit. Chandler. I guessed all the other teams except for the Houston Rockets. Yeah. I went Spurs, I went Grit, uh, Mavericks, didn't go Rockets. Tough break, but yeah, only you know, he's he's now looked at as a veteran kind of playoff team sort of guy, but drafted and get this in 01, the 2001 draft second overall to the Clippers, uh, ultimately ended up in Chicago. Uh but yeah, I mean He's had a long, long career. This may be his last run at it here with Houston, but uh, played for the Lakers uh, last year. So, 
Uh, yeah, Tyson Chandler. There you go. All right. Good deal. What do you got for Tyson me, Mitch? Chandler. Okay. Well, I got this one. Here we go. I'm also basketball. Okay. Uh, I was born in Lithuania. Okay. Other than the team I spent 12 years with, I also played in Miami. And I am a two-time All-Star. Hmm. Two-time All-Star from Lithuania. Played with one team 12 times. Did he, can I ask a question? Did he make an All-Star team with the same team or with different teams? That's up for you to decide. Oh, I, I don't get that. Okay. Because apparently I know all the Lithuanian players. In yes, NBA. he played. He, he made. He made the team. He made the All Star team with, with the same team. Okay, made two All Star teams with the same team. Mitch, I'm gonna be honest. I don't know anyone from Lithuania. Okay. Well, you gotta take a guess. You got. You gotta guess someone. Okay. Well, my. I know this is and wrong. On your so third. Gonna... On your third, I will give you a fourth. Okay. I will give you. I know this is wrong. I'm gonna guess Andre Karolinko. Nope, not AK-47. But I, that's wrong because he did make only one All-Star uh, game with the Jazz. Um, Shoot. Uh, I'm going to say Kristaps Porzingis? No, no, he played 12 years. No, that's a stupid guess. I won't, I won't count that one. You still have your second. Goran Dragic. No, not Goran oh. Dragic. Okay. Do I get my last hint on my last guess? Okay. Your last hint is that I once played with the king. Peja Stoyakovich. Huh? Peja Stoyakovich. No, down the king. Yeah, but he played for the kings. I thought it was like a play I on once words. played with the king. I know. Zadronis Ogaskis. Yes, Zadronis Ogaskis. That's exactly I was, who I it is. I thought you were trying to trick me with the king kings thing. That's no. a good That's a good one. That's a good one. Yeah, Zadronis Ogaskis. He was a two-time all-star. From O2-0. Lithuania, huh? From Lithuania. Yeah, he was a uh, uh, countess Lithuania. Um, Kazumtite. Yeah, thank you. Bonjour. Um, he was. He, he played from his All Star years were o two o three and then o four o five, both with Cleveland, um, which was the team that he played twelve years with. He played his last year, his age thirty five year in Miami. Um, those years that he was an All Star, um, averaging sixteen point nine points a game and seventeen. Point two points a game while also averaging seven and a half rebounds and 8.6 rebounds a game. So um, pretty valuable big man for his time. Uh, it, uh, yep. Zadrunas Ilgauskas. Big Z. Wow. Big Z yeah, or the... uh, Zabonis is a lot what he was called too. So. Oh, nice. That's not bad. That's not bad. Probably the best player that LeBron played with in Cleveland. Yeah. The first time, which is the, the probably which is a tough which is a tough break. I was gonna say there's there's some players the second time. But the oh no time, no, Kyrie Irving, Kevin Love. Yeah, no, the first time it better, was probably Ogalskis, yes. yeah, for sure. So yeah, and and Eric Snow. Oh god, Eric Snow. <laughs> well, good good stuff, Mitch. Last time we guest stars right on the the episode that shall not be named, and this time we sucked. So look at that. Which, by the way, just for a recap, you guessed Mamet Okur. Yes. And I guessed 
Who was it? Doc Rivers. Doc, Doc Rivers. Rivers. That's right. Yeah. 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 So. yeah, yeah. Had a lot, had a little sneaky one about you know sons and fathers playing in the NBA. That was oh, a, that's yeah. right. It was the son, yeah. son, father, and grandfather all played in the NBA. Mm-hmm. So yeah. yeah, crazy stuff. Good one. Good stuff. All right, Mitch. Uh, well, that's it for top five. Uh, forgotten All Star. Let's uh, let's jump into this this final topic today for the podcast, and that is the restart of leagues. Uh, let's let's start this off with MLB. Mitch, give us an idea of uh, maybe what what we should expect here in July from Major League Baseball, and maybe some of the right. names that won't yeah, be so the, participating. Uh, so the MLB has returned to has decided they're going to return to play. The okay. proposed date is. July 23rd, that's the plan. That's when they're coming back. Um, obviously, this is going to come with some um, some things that they need to take. They need to uh, – some parameters is what I'm, the word I'm looking for. They're going to come with some parameters. So, um, look, when, when they're – they're obviously going to be testing actively for COVID-19. Um, and so, if, if a player tests positive for COVID-19, uh, they're obviously going to need to isolate – um, for them to come back, they're going to have to have two negative COVID-19 tests taken at least 24 hours apart. So that's going to be one of the big things that's coming back. We just saw that in NASCAR with Jimmy Johnson, um, who didn't race last week. Justin Allgaier took that role. Um, but he now has tested positive twice within uh, 24 hours apart. Uh, so uh, baseball following that sort of same sort of deal. Uh, no fever for at least 72 hours and a team phys- physician and a joint committee consisting of two doctors and one non-medical representative from the MLB and the MLBPA deemed that the person does not pose a risk of spreading the infection. So um, they're going to be doing their due diligence to make sure if someone tests positive, they're going to, they're going to be uh, taking care of that. Um, this is going to be a 60 game season. This is going to be a 60 game season. Um, from what I understand, and something I was in my proposal, which thank you for Rob Manfred for listening to the sports hour and getting part of my proposal is they are going to have some travel, some travel restrictions here and they are going to play pretty much within their region. So AL West and (laughs) NL West will play each other a lot. Um, And pretty much outside of that, it's going to be in division or uh, interleague with that, with the opposing division. So um, that's something that's going to happen. Uh, I haven't really looked too much into the uh, into the, into the roster size or or th- what the playoff situation is going to be like, but uh, there's a pretty extensive article on ESPN that will will explain all of that. But look, June twenty or July twenty third that that's the goal. Um, they have already uh, MLB actually today released their twenty twenty one schedule, planned to start April first, twenty twenty one. So they're they're already looking past. Uh, this uh, this shortened season, in my opinion, a little bit foolish. I think you should really focus and harness down on getting this year done first. Um, but I understand that scheduling takes a lot of time and you want to get that done in plenty of time as well. Um, but there, there's uh, baseball is going to happen. It looks like baseball is going to happen um, and, and we're going to have a 60-game season. And we're going to be able to see some sort of live sports here in the near future. Yeah, no doubt. And uh, it didn't come uh, very easily. There was a lot of negotiating back and forth between the Players Association uh, and Major League Baseball. Ultimately, uh, the players just said, tell us when to show up and we will. And sure enough, that is 
the 60 games that we will see, though uh, some players are choosing to sit out due to concerns with uh, COVID-19, uh, potentially contracting a, the disease, but also spreading it to family. Uh, and so here are some of the names of, of guys that will be sitting out. D- Dodgers pitcher David Price, who they acquired uh, in the Mookie Betts trade, sitting out. Ryan Zimmerman, Joe Ross with the Nationals, uh, Nick Markakis, and Felix Hernandez with the Braves, uh, just to name a few of the guys. And I'm sure we'll see more as it approaches closer. But uh, yes, there are expanded rosters because of the need to be able to move people in and out in case they test positive. Yeah, the 60-man uh, player pool, right? Is right, I'm, I'm exactly. Reading, yeah. there, 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 there will be 10 playoff teams, so five from each uh, each uh, league, which so is the same as uh, as we had, you know, before in the normal season. Uh, and then 60 games. And I think, Mitch, I don't know what to expect out of this. And that's, I guess, why I'm kind of actually intrigued, because I think there's a legitimate chance that we have the Seattle Mariners and the Pittsburgh Pirates in the World Series this year. Like, who's to say that that can't be the World Series? There's only 60 games, Mitch. And we know that some teams can start very hot and end up cooling off by the 162 mark and don't make the playoffs. Or other teams that heat up at the last minute or able to get in. Look at a Nationals team last year that, you know, wasn't the best all year, really kind of turned it on at the end of the season, ends up winning a World Series. So... Uh, this this could be a year of literally anything can happen, and that in and of itself is interesting to me. Oh, no, it should be an exhilarating season for as short as it is, but that was also like going back to me signing with the players on this side of, on the side of the deal is, you know, it takes time for people to get into a rhythm in this game. That's why they play 162 games. Um, right. If you, if you did an 80-game, I, I mean, we're going to do a 60-game season, so – What's that? That's going to be less than 15 starts per player for per guy in the, in the starting rotation. If you run a six mm-hmm. man, if you run a six man rotation, um, then you're looking at 10 okay. starts per guy. Yeah. So, uh, and pitchers obviously take or pitchers take a longer time to get in a ro- to get in a rhythm than uh, a hitter would. So. They're going to be like, – let's be honest. The Pittsburgh Pirates are not making the playoffs. They're so bad. They're no, so – they are so let's, bad. I, they are so bad. It could be the White Sox. It could be It could be the White Sox versus the Marlins. The White Sox aren't that bad. The White it Sox could be, It could be the Orioles-Marlins World Series. It could. There's nothing saying it can't because it's 60 games. Who the hell knows? I know, I'm, I'm I know not, that, but I, cool. I'm just saying count the Pittsburgh Pirates out because they're that bad. That's all I'm saying. I don't know, man. I don't know. All I'm saying, if the Dodgers can't get it this year, I give up. <laughs> I quit. <laughs> they better, man. Hey, what, what was that 60-game run they went on with Dave Roberts a few years ago? Oh, yeah, was they, it like 48-12 they were like a, and 12 or something like that? Oh, it was something incredible. Yeah. That's what we need. Mookie to hit like 30 home runs in 60 games. Yeah. Uh, no, it's, uh, and, and by the be... way, while we're on the topic, just really quick, I understand why those players are sitting out too. No doubt. Um, 100%. I mean, Ryan Zimmerman said explicitly, like, look, I have a family. I, I can't risk that type of exposure. This is a guy that's also on the back end of his career. Um, and so, you know, it, he can't, he, he just can't risk that. So I, I get it. I, I, I totally understand. So, um, you know, good, good for him for making the call, but, uh, you know, I get it. 
I get it. Yeah, and I'm glad that leagues like the MLB and the NBA have supported players in their decisions to sit out. That they haven't, you know, yeah, like obviously these guys aren't getting paid. They're, they don't get to play. Like there are consequences, but they're not getting punished for not wanting to play during this. The leagues and the teams are understanding of the hesitations that players may have and ultimately choosing family or other personal safety over playing like these players have. I'm glad that leagues have been supportive uh, of those decisions and that there hasn't been any backlash from that. Oh, yeah. No, definitely. Yeah. Absolutely. All right. Let's uh, let's talk M- NBA now because the MLB, it is what it is. I don't know. It's not as interesting to me. The NBA one is fascinating to me and not uh, you're an NBA guy. You're an NBA guy. So that's that's a huge part of it. Yes. But two, because we're basically jumping right into the playoffs with the NBA, like we're going to have the eight games, but the eight games are really just playoff position jockeying or for some teams, a chance to actually make the playoffs and then we're right into it. So we're kind of jumping into this with a lot of excitement. Every game is going to matter of the eight that these teams have to play just to give the listener here, you uh, a little refresher on how this will sort of work. Maybe what the timeline is here. uh, Teams have already begun arriving in Florida. They'll have a training camp for the next three weeks. And then July 30th, Pelicans versus Jazz game one of the restart will begin. And then on August 17th, the playoffs will begin and we'll be right into it. So there are number uh, 22 teams, uh, all of which technically have a shot at making the playoffs. Uh, Some teams a lot less than others, I will say. But uh, in order to be a team that gets into this playoff, one of the invited extra teams, you've got to be within four games of the eighth seed in your conference to trigger this play-in series, which you'd have to win two games against that team in order to claim the eighth seed. So a team like the Wizards, the Suns, the Kings, the Pelicans, the Trailblazers, those teams, uh, sorry, the Spurs as well, those teams are all fighting to get within four games of the eighth seed in their conference to potentially trigger that night, that that play-in game. The rest of the teams there are pretty much solidly in the playoffs. It's just a matter of where they end up as far as seeding. A lot of moving in the middle seeds from three to six or seven. There's a lot of wiggle room, and, and, and teams can find themselves in different spots. What I think is interesting about this is you won't be looking as much about home court advantage. The four seed is not as helpful as getting the right matchup, right? Mm-hmm. And that's what's interesting about this now, because traditionally you would say we got to get the four seed because we want the extra home game. Now you're like, well, if if I'm the Jazz and I'm at four and Houston's at five, well, maybe I really want to be somewhere else because I don't want to pull Houston in the first round. I'd rather play OKC or Dallas. Maybe I got to move up or maybe I feel better against Denver. Maybe move down to get up the three six matchup. I mean, that's that's kind of the spot we're in, which I think is very fascinating. Yeah, no, I, I mean, really, when I when I look at this, the the eight seed for the West is wide open. I mean, I, I mean, there there are some really talented teams, the Trailblazers, Pelicans, Kings, to be ex- for as examples. Uh, not so high on the Spurs, but there there are some teams here that that could definitely make a push for the eight seed. Uh, obviously, in the East, I think you could pretty much lock it up. I mean, East, you could lock it up. Um, there's just uh, the Wizards are such a bad team. I just don't. I just don't see them. They're already six and a half out to go into this. Yeah. So 
they're gonna have they're gonna have to pretty much play and they play one of the tougher schedules i think going into these last eight games so um they're gonna have to have some things go right their way um and also play well so you could pretty much lock up the eight but in the east but the west seems pretty wide open i think yeah no doubt and washington basically only got invited because one they're technically in it i mean they have to go like six and two and need Orlando or Brooklyn to all but lose every game. To write Mathematically to, to they're, they're in they're, contention. They're yes. technically in. And you couldn't invite six Western conference teams and not an Eastern conference team. So Washington kind of gets in by default. It is what it is. The eight seeds, the eight teams in the East, like you said, pretty much set, but let's focus on the West here, Mitch. And you have Memphis at 32 and 33. And then behind them, fighting for the shot to to trigger that play-in game, you have the Portland Trailblazers at 29 and 37, the New Orleans Pelicans at 28 and 36, the Kings at 28 and 36, the San Antonio Spurs at 27 and 36, and the Phoenix Suns 26 and 39. Now, whatever team is gonna get catch up to the Memphis in some sort of way has to go five and three, six and two. They've got to they've got to play well. And honestly, as long as Memphis wins four games, they're they're probably set. They probably don't even need the play-in game. That'll probably be enough for them because of the lead they have. But if a team makes a run, Mitch, and has a shot at at at, uh, at breaking uh, up that eighth seed for Memphis and stealing that playoff spot, who who are you? Who do you think it's going to be? Who would you put your name on? Um. Yeah. I mean, look. You you look at the Portland Trailblazers. Uh, obviously this is a team that is led by Dame Lillard, the most underrated man in basketball. Um, he's carried this team on his back for a long time. Uh, obviously he had the accompaniment of CJ McCollum, but this has been the, the forefront of that team. But I'm actually going to go to a team that probably a lot of people aren't really talking about a whole lot. And I think that people are kind of writing off and that's the Sacramento Kings. I think the Sacramento Kings could make a serious push for the eight seed. Look, they got San Antonio and Orlando to start the remaining schedule. I said Orland. That was like the the, the team that's just – that's the city that's like 20 minutes away from me. Um, No, they're starting off against San Antonio and Orlando. Um, That should be a winnable game. Dallas, that's a tough team to play, right? So they got Dallas in the third game. That's going to be tough. New Orleans, another tough one, but I think they could pull pull that out. Brooklyn, Houston, and they got Brooklyn up. Brooklyn, another winnable game. Houston, again, going to be tough to beat Houston, but Houston's been real streaky at times before before coming into before coming into this uh, eight game final push for the playoffs. Um, and then you got New Orleans and uh, the Lakers. So really, when you look at it, best case scenario, they drop the games probably to the Lakers and to Dallas, I think, and they pull off upset wins against Houston and they beat New Orleans twice. You look at six and two here. So now you, all you're banking on right now being three and a half back. If you go six and two, you're banking on the Grizzlies going about 500 or just a tick under 500 for you to get to that spot. So I think the Kings, even though they might be a little bit of a long shot, I like them to maybe pull off. Uh, pull off that eight seed by the way their vegas title odds plus two hundred thousand. so 
Wow. Uh, if you're going to put money down on it and you want to win a ton of money, uh, Why not? maybe put a dollar down on the Kings. So <laughs> let's just see what happens. Put a dollar, see what happens, Mitch. I love it. And, know, and I, just, I mean, just just look at the, I mean, you, you can just look at this roster, and, I mean, it's got tons of young talent. Tons of young talent. De'Aaron Fox, Buddy Heald, Bogdan Bogdanovich, Marvin Bagley, uh, Jabari Parker, Harrison Barnes, uh, Harry Giles, uh, Bialita. I, I don't know how to say his first name, so I'm just going to call him by his last name. Um, it, it Kent Bazemore. You got these guys. Yogi Ferrell. You got these guys that are young, and they're going to be coming back with a bunch of energy. And I wouldn't put this thing past these young kings to to uh, maybe make a little bit of a push there at the end with a ton of energy coming out of coming out of the shutdown. Yeah, no doubt. And that's what, you know, I think one of the most intriguing things about this is we don't know how teams will handle this. Uh, you know, if somebody gets sick, what's the morale on the team? Do people start quitting and say, not worth it? I'm not going to, you know, we got to go six and two. So, like, I, it's not worth it for me. Like, there's a lot of questions about this, which is why a young team uh, like the Kings or, or like the Pelicans, which is another, uh, you know, popular pick. I think those are intriguing teams for a lot of uh, people. But I'm going to go with the team you mentioned, and that's the Portland Trailblazers, Mitch. Because of the bad man, the bad man, Damian Lillard. Uh, like you said. He's a bad man, man. The most underrated player in the NBA, maybe the most underrated superstar in all of sports. I mean, who's the guy slept on more than Damian Lillard? A guy who's been in the MVP conversation no for multiple seasons and nobody and people forget about him. This is a guy, Mitch, and this is a team that was in the Western Conference Finals last year. This was a Western Conference Finals team in 2019. So who's to say that Damian Lillard and CJ McCollum, they say, look, guys, we got a shot at this. They're getting back Zach Collins and Yosef, Yusuf Nurkic, who were out for a majority of the season. That's that's a huge addition. Yeah, okay, Trevor Reese is sitting out. Yeah, you've got Mello. I don't care about Mello. Whatever. He could do something. But you've got a, a super, superstar, more role players around him than he did this season when you went 29 and 37, and a shot. And I think if they get to that play-in series, the experience of this team could potentially upset a Memphis team with a better record and some good young talent themselves. So I'm going to go with the Trailblazers because of the experience and because of the superstar uh, that is Damian Lillard. When you have that on your team, there there are only a handful of teams in the NBA that have a player at the caliber of Damian Lillard, and that means something to me. So I'm going Trailblazers. I mean, you you know I'm a big Dame Lillard guy. I mean, that dude is yeah. a bad mofo. I mean, that guy just – he just always gets the job done. Um, and, like, I mean, he's still got the supporting cast of C.J. McCollum. He, he, like you said, Yusuf Nurchich. Uh, he's got guys like Zach Collins. He's got role players like Rodney Hood and Hassan Whiteside that are gonna that are gonna contribute. Um, and he, you know, it obviously that's the front runner to probably take the eight seed because they are sitting at the nine. Um, and I I don't hate that pick. I don't hate that pick. I think that it would give them a little bit of advantage with Trevor Reza coming back because of the defensive attribute there. Obviously, he's not an offensive contributor um, at all, but uh, you, you know, it, this team is this team is primed to take that eight spot if they really want it, and uh, I I don't hate that pick at all. I, I I like the Blazers too. 
Um, yeah, that fight for the now, eighth so, seed is going to be a lot of fun. Whoever so let me gets get it straight. has to earn it, no doubt, and it could be very interesting how it shakes out. So I out. just want to get this straight because I think this has to be addressed. Is you don't think the matchup of Zion and LeBron is what we're going to get. I would love that, and I think the Pelicans, if I didn't pick the Blazers, it'd be the Pelicans as the team I thought could make a run. Uh, with Zion, with Brandon Ingram, with uh, you know some of the talent that on on a team that was pretty good but had a lot of injuries coming back healthy, you know yeah they have a shot at the eight and I mean who wouldn't that's must see TV Lakers Pelicans in the first round no one's gonna watch first round matchups but they would watch Zion versus the King that's incredible. No yeah I mean that's. You can almost market that on HBO. I mean, that's uh, pay-per-view type stuff. Sounds like boxing night one oh, you know, you know that, special That's pay-per-view right there. type stuff. You you got you got to <laughs> do that. No doubt. All right, Mitch. So let's move into the playoffs here. Uh, we know that some of the best teams in the league, the top teams. I don't want to focus on those here. We got the two LA teams in the West: Lakers, Clippers. You've got uh, the Bucks with a sizable lead in the East, and then behind them, Toronto, uh, forty-six and eighteen. They're they're they've they've had a very good season. Have really put themselves in a position as the number two seed. So I want to look past the top two seeds, and I want to get a sleeper pick from each conference from you. A team that you think could potentially end up in the in the conference championship series, upsetting one of those top two seeds. So anyone from three to eight you think has a legitimate shot at making that conference championship series uh, from each conference. Mitch, let's start in the East. I mean, my favorite is the Bucks. Um, I've, I've stuck with the Bucks since last year. I think that they're a fantastic team. But let's talk about the Miami Heat for a second. Yes, I mean the Mitch Miami Lentz. Heat. Let's do it. Jimmy Butler, Tyler Hero, Bam Adebayo, Duncan Robinson, Andre Iguodala, uh, Derek Jones Jr., Adonis Haslam, Gorgon Dragic, Jay Crowder, Kelly Olynyk. I mean, this team is really stacked. I mean, this team is stacked with not just not just up top, not, and not just up top. I mean, they have great starting guys, but they have a lot of depth, a lot of guys that can come off the bitch and do the role. When you when you really when I really when I think about it, as I go back to uh, the the Golden State Warriors about two or three years ago, where they had a but like they were pretty top heavy in their starting lineup, but they had the depth to back it up. And I'm not in any way comparing the Miami Heat to the Golden State Warriors of two or three years ago because obviously that is a completely different team. But in the same way where they're top-heavy in the front, they have the depth to back it up with those guys off the bench and give them good minutes off the bench. So I really like the Heat, and this is a team that was rolling. This was a team that was rolling before the shutdown, so... Give me the heat. I, I think this is a this is a sleeper team that could represent the East in the finals. Yeah, I Mitch, I am on board with you on my with Miami. I, I love this team and I look at any good championship team, for example, and Miami could be what Toronto was last year. A team that has star power up top, but depth and guys that know that come in and fill a specific role. Right. You knew what you were getting out of guys like Fred Van Fleet coming off the bench. Powell 
mm. coming off the bench. Yes. You know, you had you had guys in a lineup that knew Serge Ibaka. He knows his job. He knows what he's there to do. Miami is full of those sort of guys. Jay Crowder is going to play tough defense in bench minutes and be able to hit some open threes, right? Kelly Olynyk's going to in there, fight for rebounds, be competitive on defense, really try to set, you know, try try to get some boards there. Like you've got, you know, Tyler Hero is going to come in and hit threes. That's what he does. He's coming to come in and you're going to get you're just going to get him out there and he's just going to try to hit threes. Like you when you have those sort of uh, sorry, Duncan Robinson who's referring to as that. But when you have a team like that that has a Jimmy Butler alpha at top, good young players around him and role players that can do their job at a high level. You have the, uh, a formula for success. And I think if Miami finds themselves in a second round matchup with Milwaukee or with Toronto, they have a legitimate shot of walking away with a win in that series. This is a very talented team. So I would not be shocked if Miami ends up in the Eastern conference finals uh, with a shot at the finals on the line. I'm going Miami in the East, Mitch. Yeah, no, th- this is a very, like you said, a very talented team. Um, and this is this is a team that could force a Milwaukee Bucks team to go six or seven um, if, they, if they play a good enough series. De- definitely, absolutely. All right, let's go to the West here then, Mitchell. We both picked Miami in the East. In the West, who, what is, who's the team that you're, you're keeping your eye on? Look, I'm not playing Pander Bear to you at all. But I got to go with the Utah Jazz. I mean, oh, this, yes. Okay, let's this, talk about it. I had Utah as well, Mitch. I mean, Donovan Mitchell, Rudy Gobert, Bo- Bohan Bogdanovich, Jordan Clarkson, Mike Conley, Joe Ingles. Uh, uh, the, the the names go on and on. Like you said, I mean, th- this is a very this is a very talented team that can do a lot. Now, the only downfall to this team is can they find the production off the bench because they're definitely not as deep as the team like we just talked about with the Miami Heat. Um, can they find that t- sort of depth that they're looking for? They're very top-heavy, great starting five. They're going to probably demand a lot of minutes out of Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert and Mike Conley. Um, they're probably going to be splitting a lot of minutes between Bohan and Joe Ingles. Uh, but this is a team that has a lot of a lot of talent on it um, and has played extremely, it played extremely well before the shutdown. So I like the jazz. I'm going with double four seeds here, bud. Yeah. The jazz are an intriguing team to me. I think they, they've been a very good team. 41 and 23 on the season uh, for Utah. They will be missing Boyan Bogdanovich, which is a tough blow. That guy was averaging 21 points a game for the jazz second and the team in scoring was was Bogdanovich. Oh, that's it. That's, that's a right. T- I forgot. I forgot he's gone. Forgot and and that gone. is a very tough blow. But I, I I expect them to recover pretty well with this because you're going to be able to bring Joe Ingles off the bench into the starting lineup, which he has struggled to beat play off the bench this season. And you're going to be asking more from Mike Conley, who has had some injury issues this year, has not quite found his footing in Utah as fans would have hoped. And this is the perfect opportunity for Mike Conley to show up as the Mike Conley that we knew in Memphis. 20 points a game, all-star caliber, consistent leader, tough on the defensive side of the floor. That's what Utah needs out of Mike Conley. And I expect that they'll get him. And when you add the veteran poise of Conley next to the young emerging superstar in Donovan Mitchell, who can light up the floor on any given night and Rudy Gobert holding it down 
making it all work on the defensive side of the ball. Utah's a really dangerous team, and I think they match up pretty well against a team like the Lakers. That the Clippers is a tougher matchup because, you know, they can go smaller and that really, you know, hurts what Gobert can do. But when you've got Anthony Davis out there, you're feeling good having Gobert on your side of the ball. When you have Nikola Jokic out there for Denver, you're feeling pretty good about having Rudy Gobert out there defending him. So depending on where, where how their matchups end up, and I think that's a team that may be looking at, we've got to avoid Houston because the small ball is going to kill them in seven games. You, you want to avoid Houston. You probably want to avoid the Clipper side of the bracket. But if you can get in the right spot or you set up matchups against Denver and L.A., I think that Utah legitimately could have a shot at winning those series. So Utah is the team for me as well, Mitch. Yeah, there's, there's definitely going to be an issue with uh, matching speed for speed for with uh with Utah, but I I think that if if they get themselves in the right situation is and and then the chips fall in the right spots, uh, they won't have to worry about matching speed for speed, um and and you look and you look you know on uh, who's who's going to be in that bracket, I, I think they're going to be okay. I think I think this is a team that can make a real big push for sure. Yeah, no doubt. All right, Mitch. Uh, so let us let let's let's end this with some finals predictions here. Okay. So I want who you think is going to come out of the East and the West and ultimately who's walking away from Orlando with the Larry O'Brien trophy in hand. You know, I got to take the Bucks out of the East. Um, I I, I love, I love this, this Bucks team. Um, And I, I got to take the Lakers. I mean, they're, they're the Bucks of the West right now. And, and they're just, uh, which seems weird to say because the West has been so dominant over the last, you know, six, seven years. But really, the Lakers are now the Bucks of the West. The Bucks and the Lakers, I got to have them in the finals. Um, for multiple narratives, which we'll go after, which I'll mention after you mentioned your, uh, your picks. But um, when it comes down to it, Bucks, Lakers, finals. I got to take the Bucks in seven. Wow. Okay. So Lakers, Bucks, Giannis in seven over LeBron. That would be an incredible series. Uh, LeBron versus Giannis. That, that's okay, Mitch. So I picked Lakers and Bucks as well. They're the two best teams in each conference. I think if anybody else has a shot at it, it's definitely the Clippers. They're the biggest kind of wild card, I think, in this. But ultimately, I think LeBron yeah. and Anthony Davis is a pairing that nobody can beat. So if they're on and if they do play well enough, those two, they can beat any team in the NBA in any given night and in any given series. And I think that's ultimately what will get the Lakers not only to the finals, Mitch, but winning the finals in six games over the Milwaukee Bucks. But let's talk about how important this Giannis LeBron matchup is, because we missed out as sports fans on a very interesting matchup of Kobe versus LeBron in the finals. We should have had that at some point in our lives, and we didn't. It just didn't work out. They just didn't end up in the finals at the same time. And as sports fans, we missed out. And I do not want to miss out on Giannis versus the King in the finals. So I need this to happen. This is this is what we need. This is what sports fans need. It's 2020. It's been an awful year. Give me something nice, universe. Give me LeBron versus Giannis. I would like to think that that uh, 2020 is like a mullet, uh, where we had to take care of business in the front, and then we parted in the back. I mean, it was. <laughs> I, I would like to think that it's that way, and I hope it's that way, and I th- hope that part of that party 
is LeBron versus Giannis. I mean, this is the matchup we want. Uh, small forward on small forward. The freak athlete versus freak athlete. I would love to see this matchup. I also want to point out that if we get Bucks lakers this is the first time I think, and correct me if I'm wrong, but this probably, and I'm pretty certain on this, the first time that we have three brothers playing in the same finals. Giannis, oh. Thonis, and Kostas opt onto Takumpo. Holy cow. All playing in the same finals. Yeah. Mitch, you're right. That's I haven't thought so, about that yet. So Giannis and Thonis, I think is how you pronounce his name. I thought it was the Thanasis. Maybe the, I don't Thanasis, know. Giannis and Thanasis. Antetokounmpo play for the Bucks. Kostas plays for the Lakers. That would be the first time I believe we had three brothers in the same finals. Wow. That's incredible, Mitch. I mean, th- I, I, that would be a whole nother narrative. A whole nother yeah. narrative to it. So, I mean, you'd also you also have the Lopez twins both playing for the Bucks, Robin and Brooke, also Robin be in the Brooke. playoffs as, as twin brothers on a finals team. I don't know how many times Five, that's happened. Probably never. I would I would probably post. I mean, like, think about the the rarity of that. Like twin brothers playing on the same final, same championship team in a major championship sport, and then you have three brothers competing in the same championship series. I mean, we we have this is the potential for a seriously uh, historic and NBA finals. Yeah. And not only to that, you add in Giannis versus LeBron. Right. So, and the fact that the Lakers are the most memeable NBA team of all time with, with a class character, classic characters that includes JaVale McGee, Dwight Howard, KCP, don't, don't, oh. Dion waiters, JaVale JR McGee, Smith. Dion, Dion waiters with this gummy bear J- weed. JR oh, Smith yeah. is on this team. I mean, this is an all time memeable team. And they may be in the finals. That's exactly what. Rajon Rondo. I mean, come on. Kyle Kuzma I mean, and his if goofy JR, If Jr. dribbles out to half court to end regulation again, LeBron, LeBron might. LeBron would shit himself. You know how I, at the end of Space Jam, when the like mons the the alien gets shot out the roof of the of the of the forum into outer yeah. space. That would be LeBron's head exploding out of his. <laughs> his skull if he saw this jr idiot smith twice? ruin oh another god. finals game for him he would just it would just be <laughs> oh my oh, gosh man oh it's incredible we are the potential are, the potential yes. for that series is unbelievable no matter who makes it to the finals we are in store for some great basketball over the next couple months and i'm just excited to have it back i'm excited for sports back and i'm excited that we get a jump right back into a competitive playoff atmosphere with these eight play-in games and then ultimately these uh, potential for some fantastic matchups uh during the playoffs and ultimately uh an nba finals that we're going to remember yeah no i mean if if everything goes the way we said they would go i mean this should be the most memorable nba finals really in history because coming off a pandemic coming off an nba shutdown um one of the more competitive uh, uh playoffs that we've seen in a while um, this is really a wide open field and I would love to see the two one seeds here because I think those are the two best teams that are available. Um, and you know, you have a brother, I have a brother. I would love to see the brothers narrative. So yes, that's great. Be fun. It's just, an, it's another, another piece of the pie there. So, 
Uh, Mitch, that is, uh, that's it for our NBA restart talk. That's it for the pod. In fact, uh, we're going to wrap it up here. Thanks for sticking through. This was a, this was a fun one. A lot of, a lot of interesting things in this episode. A lot of fun stuff to talk about, man. I mean, this, this was, if you were to write this down and down a Mitch Mo pod history, this is, this is one of the better ones. I think that we've this done is up there. And I think I need to encourage you guys to go ahead and get on anchor, leave us a voice message and let us know what you think about the conversation. Be a part of the conversation. Leave us a question. What do you want to hear? What be get into this with us? We'd love for you to be a part of the debate. Um, we made the move over to anchor purely based on the fact that they're obviously a fantastic hosting site um, for anyone that's thinking about starting a podcast or is starting a podcast. But it's also a great way to get your listeners engaged so that you can get uh, some some audio in on the pod. So go ahead and leave us a message. We'd love to hear from you. Yeah, no doubt. And if you don't already, uh, go ahead and follow us on our socials. The Instagram is at the Sports Hour Guys. Twitter is at Sports Hour Guys. You can follow me on Twitter at Lil Thoint. Uh, we appreciate you taking some time out of your day hanging out with Mitch Mo and I. And uh, coming up uh, over the next couple weeks, I'm not really sure what we'll be covering until these sports start up. Obviously, we'll be talking about that. We'll see. We'll probably put out maybe one more pod in between those. Uh, see what kind of interesting ideas we have. But we're just ready for some live sports. Yeah. I mean, we're going to have to get creative, I think, down for one more week. One more week, we're going to have to go a little bit outside the box, but make sure you go leave us a rating and a review. Tell us we suck. That's the only way that we can get better. It's the only way. Here's to the DC Justice League. Make it happen, Dan Snyder. Hope you're listening to the pod. We'll catch you next week. Oh, don't, don't endorse that. See ya! See <laughs> ya!